Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's Podgo at P-O-P-O-P-O-D-G-O dot P-O-D-D-O. Hell yeah. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Please. 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 Thank you, Podgo, for sponsoring this episode. This is an Asphalt Studios production. Let's take a drive down. Let's take a drive down Tanger Avenue. You get the best of both worlds. Welcome to Hannah Montana. I'm Hannah, and this is my co-host Miley. It'd be funnier if you just did my intro as well. <laughs> this is my co-host Miley. Hi, I'm Miley. Hi, I'm Miley. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Taz, you today fucking... we're going to talk about cryptids. Yeah, we are. We're going to talk about cryptids. Taz, you fucking idiot. You're not Hannah Montana, and I'm not Miley Cyrus. You are God Tasman Cooey, and I am Hello. Bryson Beerman. I. And this is Tangent Avenue. In this show, we bring a new topic every week, spanning the incredibly broad to the incredibly niche, and we tell each other all about it. Taz, no. as you've yeah. already fucking spoiled for the listener, we're already talking about some cryptids today. Yeah. Fuck yeah. It's pretty good cryptids. Weird cryptids. Yeah. <laughs> Love a good cryptid. Yeah, so I've got a small list, and Bryson's got a small list, and we're just gonna roll a d6 and talk about them randomly. That's right, we got three cryptids to talk about today, all well, three cryptids each to talk about today, and we will start with Skunk Ape. Alrighty. Alrighty. So, I was super happy about the skunk ape. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Because the moment I saw the name of it, I don't know a lot about cryptids personally. Uh, It's not really one of my major interests. I find them weird. Like, it's because cryptids are not supernatural and they're Mm -hmm. not real. So, they're just like Mm -hmm. weird beasts of some way well some can have supernatural power some can but But like they're not necessarily generally they're just weird fucking critters yeah (laughs) and the skunk ape falls into that Mm -hmm. so there are three different names to the skunk ape either the skunk ape the swamp ape and the florida bigfoot and that's great (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Florida does need their own Bigfoot, and I'm glad they found it. Because there was kind of an unwritten rule, uh, or an unspoken rule around this, where we couldn't talk about Bigfoot specifically, because there's enough mm-hmm. Bigfoot information for its own episode entirely. But that didn't yep. stop us from basically having three other Bigfoots <laughs> on this list. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. That's true. The Skunk Ape is true, the first yeah. one we're going to talk about. <laughs> So, uh, in American folklore, uh, a skunk ape is an ape-like creature that is purported to inhabit the forests and swamps of some southeastern United States. Most notably in Florida, which makes sense because they're all crack addicts. (laughs) And of course they would see skunk apes. Supposed uh, evidence of the creature's existence is based on a number of anecdotal sightings as well as disputed photographs. 
audios mm -hmm. and video recordings, footprints, etc. The majority of mainstream scientists have historically discounted the existence of the skunk ape, considering it to be a result of a combination of folklore, uh, folklore misidentification, a hoax, rather than its own living animal. I want it to be real. Life. I want the skunk ape <laughs> to be real so much. Like, it looks like, because it looks like just a hairy dude in this picture that I have mm -hmm. here. I'm going to show Taz the picture, um, and I want you to tell me what the skunk ape looks like. So, <laughs> it's kind of like if Sid the Sloth was a man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also had, like, the fucking beefiest thighs imaginable. Like, crush my skull, are skunk you, ape. Hold on. Are you saying Sid the Sloth doesn't have beefy thighs? Because he's got pretty beefy thighs. I would call Sid the Sloth's thighs more like, like less thighs and more... Like the horse, like the the equivalent of the horse thigh. I can't think of it right now. <laughs> um, like that's his kind of thing where it's like his thigh is his whole leg and the side of his body, you know? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So it's less of a All thigh right. and more of just a weird, definitely not a shin. That's what it is. <laughs> weird, definitely not a shin. But yeah, look, right. He also looks really sad. He he does. He does look he sad. Looks so sad. He looks like um like sh like Shrek being kicked out of a village. Sad. Like <laughs> he just wanted to make some friends, and they hated Skunk Ape. Uh, well, he stinks, man. That's true. Yeah, he is not great. So, uh, the Skunk Ape is said to resemble uh, Bigfoot of the Pacific Northwest, often purported as bipedal ape-like creature, approximately one to five to two, well, five to seven feet tall. We're not dealing with meters here. <laughs> covered in a mottled reddish brown hair uh it is named for its foul odor often described as being similar to a skunk which like it makes sense that this is all within florida because i assume that they were just smoking weed next to a bear <laughs> <laughs> and they're like holy shit <laughs> that bear's it's stinks. a skunk ape <laughs> it's a skunk ape bro <laughs> holy shit that makes so much sense yeah <laughs> Headcanon confirmed. 100%, yeah. The skunk ape has been a part of Florida and Georgia and Alabama folklore since the European settler period. The uh, seminal myth uh, speaks of a similar foul-smelling, physically powerful, and secretive creature called the SD Kapkaki, uh, a name which roughly translates to the cannibal giant, which is a fucking kick-ass... I would love to talk about that one. <laughs> yeah. That rules. Uh, one of the first Attack on skunk ape. Absolutely, love that <laughs> shit. Uh, one of the first reports of a large ape-like creature in Florida came from in 1818 when a report uh, from what is now uh, the Apalachicola, Florida, uh, spoke of a man-sized monkey or ape raiding stores, uh, food stores, and stalking fishermen. Hell yeah, yeah. Because like, fuck fishermen, honestly. Obviously, what good yeah. do they do? I'm with Skunk Ape here. <laughs> Man, the Skunk Ape is one of the funniest cryptids. Um, yeah, I would I love to hug them. Skunk Ape. Why? First off, is it just because he looks so sad? Yeah, he looks so sad. He looks really huggable to me, too. Okay. Yeah. What do about have... the smell, man? I mean, I hug you all the time, so... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. 
I guess. Reports of the skunk ape were particularly common in the 1960s and 70s. Uh, in 1974, sightings of a large, foul-smelling, hairy ape-like creature, which ran upright on two legs, were reported in a suburban neighborhoods of Dade County, Florida. Uh, In 1977, after a rash of sightings by dozens of eyewitnesses across several Florida counties, a failed-to-pass bill was proposed in state legislature to make it illegal to take, possess, harm, or molest uh, arthropods or humanoid animals. I'm sorry, molest? Yeah. Well, molest in this instance is like, like, fuck with it in general. That tends to be for me what the legal meaning of molest means. All right, cool. Yeah. All right. I've never heard it in legal terms outside of, you know. Well, like, it's kind of like when you say, like, uh, the police need to let you pass unmolested. It doesn't mean never the heard police. Anybody say really? That. You haven't? No. Wow. All right. <laughs> well, hey, Taz, welcome to the world. Um, <laughs> yeah, because that All doesn't right. mean, like, the police generally grab your junk. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> No, because they just shoot your dog instead. <laughs> like, that's what the police Fair. do. Um, uh, in the year 2000, uh, the uh, Sarasota Sheriff's Department uh, received two anonymous photos depicting what appears to be large, hairy, ape-like creature near the Mayaka River State Park. Uh, the scrutinized photos dubbed the Mayaka Skunk Ape remain a polarizing topic. Skeptical uh, investigator Joe Nickel. Great name. <laughs> to my mind, Joe Nickel sounds like the name of a Pulp Fiction, like, private detective. Yeah, I could see that for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Joe Nickel has written that some uh, of the reports may represent sightings of the black bear and is likely that other sightings are hoaxes or misidentification of wildlife. Uh, the United mm-hmm. States National Park Service considers the skunk ape to be a hoax. We needed that clarification. Thank yeah, you, Bryson. You're welcome. <laughs> and then we'll talk about, like, in folklore and popular culture uh, to finish off with skunk ape here. The skunk ape has been widely adopted across the south and central Florida as a ma- mascot for Florida wilderness, uh, wilderness and rural culture. Uh, the cryptid has appeared in numerous roadside businesses and attractions. Uh, television commercials and signs during the COVID-19 pandemic, which I didn't expect to come up here. (laughs) (laughs) Several Florida businesses have used the skunk apes reported foul smell, giving incentive to remain at a distance and evasive nature to promote social distancing. So, so you can work. I don't know. (laughs) It doesn't give me that information, but I'll tell you this much. Oh my God. Everybody alive in Florida right now can thank fucking Skunk Ape. <laughs> Holy shit. That fucking rules. <laughs> oh my god. That is amazing. Um, wow. Yeah. I don't know. If somebody told me to avoid an area because Skunk Ape, I'd just go on in. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I need to know, man. Oh my god. That's that Skunk Ape. insane. Yeah. All right. I love a bit of skunk ape. Yeah. Ready for a roll? Yeah, I'm ready. God damn it. It's mine again. Haha. <laughs> Piece fuck of shit. You. We're going to be talking about yet another Bigfoot like character. <laughs> uh, so, a bit I of hope back... that you roll my Bigfoot like character. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> Just get them all out of the way. Yeah. Get these fuckers out of the way. Uh, so, today, uh, we are going to talk about. Uh, the Yowie. 
Uh, Yowie! Sure. Uh, Yowie, basically the Australian uh, Bigfoot. Um, and I chose uh, the Australian I'm surprised version. we didn't talk about El Nasty, to be honest. Well, we've done a full episode on El Nasty, that's, so... That's true, I'm sorry. Not yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, the reason I chose Yowie was because Australia holds a special place in my heart. <laughs> it is where I got into podcasts, uh, where I got into D&D, <laughs> and like a lot of my comedy... Uh, like stand-up diet is Australian comedians, so I'm a big fan of Australia. I would, I am the Australian as like the Australian idea of a weeb, basically. <laughs> like, uh, so I really like it, and that's why is I want to talk. Is there a name for that? I doubt it. There needs to be. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Westaboo is used for like any <laughs> Japanese people who are obsessed with Western culture, so maybe it fits Westaboo? into that. Yeah. Huh. From Down Underoo. Down Underoo is, is terrible. <laughs> Alrighty. So, uh, Yowie is one of the several names for an Australian folklore entity reputed to live in the outback. Uh, the creature has its roost in Aboriginal oral history, uh, and in parts of Queensland, they are known as Quinkin, or a type of Quinkini. Oh, Quinkin. Quinkini! <laughs> yeah. That's great. I love that yeah. so much. And as uh, Jugabina uh, in parts of New South Wales, uh, they are called uh, Jindaring uh, Jirawara uh, Mingawan, uh, Putigan uh, Dulaga Gulaga, and Thulaga. Uh, <laughs> other names. It's always funny hearing us try to pronounce, like. Uh, I'm doing other... better than you do. <laughs> That's fair, but it still sounds funny. It does. <laughs> Uh, so other names Every include, time. as we continue with that, uh, Yoroma, uh, Nukuna, Wawi, uh, Pangkariangu, and Jimbra, and Chinjara. Hey, have you been to the Jimbra? Have you been to the Jimbra? Uh, <laughs> any Australians listening, please tell me how I did. <laughs> uh, so Yowie-type creatures are common uh, in uh, Aboriginal Australian legends. Uh, particularly in Eastern Australian states, which for those of you unfamiliar with Australia, places like Kingsland and uh, Queensland and New South Wales are basically the states that make up their kind of, uh, that make up their country and their uh, localities, essentially. Mm -hmm. So uh, the Yowie is usually described as a hairy and ape-like creature standing upright at between uh Six foot eleven and twelve feet tall. Uh, the Yowie's feet are described as much larger larger than a human's, but alleged Yowie tracks are inconsistent in shape and toe number. Uh, and the descriptions of a Yowie foot and footprints provided by Yowie witnesses are even more varied than those of Bigfoot. So it's like even less reliable than Bigfoot sightings. <laughs> oh yes, famously notable, famously and reliable. reliable Bigfoot. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the Yowie's nose is described as wide and flat, uh, and behaviorally some report of a Yowie as timid or shy. Uh, others describe the Yowie as sometimes violent or aggressive. So, like, literally the full spectrum of emotion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes, yeah, Yowie's, I've noticed, yeah, they're like timid, shy, violent, and aggressive, uh, just kind of anywhere between those. <laughs> yeah, oh, yes, of course. <laughs> Sometimes you see him crying near a tree, 
uh, wiping his face with the skunk. Absolutely. You know, the usual. Australia has skunks, right? I think so. Um, does <laughs> Australia... This is an important question, I guess. Have mountains. <laughs> huh. No, they don't. That's insane. Uh, so... Skunks aren't native to, like, a ton of countries. You won't find skunks in Europe, Africa, Australia, mainland Asia, and most island nations, including in the Caribbean. Huh. Yeah. I would imagine if the skunk was going to be anywhere other than America, I would expect it to be Australia. <laughs> At least some variant of yeah. a, a squirty, nasty bad boy. Well, know? I mean, they've got koalas. And kangaroos, which are basically pests. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in the 1850s, accounts of indigenous apes appeared in Australian Town and Country, Country Journal. Uh, the earliest account in the uh, November 1876 asks readers, who has not heard from the earliest settlement of the colony, the blacks speaking of some unearthly animal or inhuman uh, creature, namely the Yahoo devil devil or hairy man of the wood not very pc australian town and journal damn yeah in the article uh entitled uh, australian apes appearing six years later amateur na naturalist uh henry james mccuey uh claimed to have mccuey uh, yeah your australian wow. cousin uh, claimed to have seen an indigenous ape or on the south coast of New South Wales uh, between Batemans Bay and uh, Ulladula. Ulladula. I yeah. love Australian I love, yeah. <laughs> uh, a few days... Uh, this is a quote um, from this. A few days ago, I saw one of these strange creatures on the coast between Batemans Bay and Ulladula. I, I, I should think that if it were standing perfectly upright, it would be nearly five feet high. It was tailless and covered with a very th uh, long black hair, uh, which was a dirty red or snuff color about throat and breast. Uh, about the throat and breast, uh, its eyes, which were small and restless, were partly hidden by matted hair that covered its head. I threw a stone at the animal, whereupon it immediately rushed off. Whoever gave this uh, description sounds like they wanted to be a writer. It did. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a great naturalist, because, like, surely you would just observe more and not throw a rock not at it. Not throw a rock, yeah. <laughs> Yeet! Uh, McCooey offered to capture an ape for the Australian Museum for 40 pounds, <laughs> according to Robert Holden. A second outbreak of reported ape sightings appeared in 1912. The Yowie appeared in Donald Friend's uh, Hill, Indiana, a collection of writings about the gold fields near Hill End in uh, New South Wales. Okay. Fr friend refers to the Yowie as a species of bunyip, stinger. Uh, <laughs> Holden also cites the appearance of the Yowie in a number of Australian tall stories in the late 19th and early 20th century. Nice. Yeah. So uh, present day sightings, uh, basically, uh, according to top end Yowie investigator Andrew McGinn, <laughs> Uh, the death and mutilation of a pet dog near Darwin would have been the result of an attack by the mythological Yowie. The dog's owner believed uh, dingoes were responsible, which is probably Are more we likely. Are sure it wasn't just a cop? Well, yeah, it could be a cop, too, yeah. <laughs> Yowie is a cop, confirmed. We got him. Okay. 
Man, there's only a lot of mention of dead dogs in the last couple episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of sad. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the kind of death of the Yowie, quote-unquote. So Australian historian uh, Graham Joyner maintains that the Wowie has never existed. Way to go, Graham. <laughs> he, he points out that it was unknown before 1975 and that it originated in a misunderstanding. Uh, Joyner's interest has been in the 19th century phenomenon known as the Yahoo, also called Hairy Man, Australian Ape, or Australian Gorilla. A shadowy creature that's uh, then seen as an undiscovered marsupial, but one that was presumably extinct by the early 20th century. There's some evidence for its former existence. Uh, his book, uh, his 1977 book, The Hairy Man of Southeastern Australia, is a collection of documents about the uh, Yahoo. Uh, it was based on research that began in 1970 and uh, summarized in paper dated by... Uh, July 1973, at which time the Yahoo had been long forgotten and nothing about it had been heard uh, of the alleged uh, Yowie. Uh, he has since explained that the book was published to promote the former and to counter, not to endorse, the then new and extraordinary claims about the latter, which I assume means <laughs> to explain the, uh, to endorse the former of the Yahoo being to counter claims about the uh, Yowie. Yeah. Uh, according to Joyner, the notion of the Yowie arose following a review in a Sydney newspaper of John Napier's book Bigfoot, The Yeti and the Sasquatch in Myth and Reality. Jonathan Cape in London, in response to the cryptozoologist and ufologist Rex Gilroy citing an aboriginal figure from Western and Central Australia called the Changara, uh, made the astonishing claim that Australia was home to its own abominable snowman. However, the image of the enormous primate that Gilroy eventually presented the Australian public uh, in May 1975 as the Yowie, while overtly modeled as an exotic form like the Yeti, was apparently inspired by muddled recollections from newspaper readers of much earlier stories about the Yahoo!, on this estimation, only the Yahoo uh, has uh, a basis in reality. Huh. Yeah. So, okay. like, anything about the Yowie is more often likely going to be the Yahoo, uh, which had, more accurately to say, had a more basis in reality uh, at the time. Okay. So that's Yowies. Alrighty. Yeah. Any thoughts? Not really. I mean, it's Australia. Who fucking knows? Yeah, who gives a fuck, honestly? All right, so. Watch it be your last one. Honestly, I'm not sure if I'd be happy or angry, but we're switching to a D4. All right. Holy shit, Taz. Is it yours? It's Grassman. Holy shit. Hell we're doing yeah, all the Bigfoots, baby. Bigfoot first. All right. The Grassman. <laughs> the Trash Man. I'm the Trash Man. <laughs> <laughs> Also known as the Ohio Grassman, Kinmore Grassman, or Orange Eyes, is a tall bipedal hominid that stalks the woods of, you guessed it, Ohio. Uh, the grassman Missouri. Gets <laughs> the Grassman gets its name from the small hut-like living structures or nests it builds out of tall grass. So... The Grassman is quite similar to Bigfoot, based on its description of being a 9-foot-tall, hairy, bipedal creature, and it's estimated to be around 300 pounds. 
The grass man is often seen around farms, uh, especially eating tall grass such as wheat, which is what its main diet is and where its name comes from. I love a good, like, cryptid that uh, is a herbivore. Like, yeah. one that doesn't isn't, like, killing people is pretty good. Yeah, me too. He's a good boy. In addition to a Who's a good diet, grass man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the good grass man. In addition to a different diet, the grass man also seems uh, more sociable than Bigfoot. Uh, many grassman sightings include more than one grassman, and it is reported uh, that mothers have been seen with babies. That's adorable. Isn't Do you think it? grassman I, is intelligent? I hope so. Do you think grassman is real? I hope so. <laughs> I don't, but I hope so. Yeah. Uh, the first sightings of the Grassman date all the way back to 1869. However, one of the nice. most prom- hate you. <laughs> one of the most prominent sightings was in 1978. The grandchildren of Minerva, Ohio residents Holy Evelyn shit. and Hal Clayton. McGonagall <laughs> Minerva. Wow, <laughs> didn't think she'd pop into this. Uh, along along with their friends, ran inside screaming about a hairy monster that they saw in the gravel pit outside. When the couple went out to investigate, they saw the grass man, just as the children had described, and it quickly ran off. The family supposedly saw the creature a few more times and claimed that it would have uh, leave a smell of rotten eggs wherever it passed, though it never seemed to steal anything. So very similar to the skunk ape as well. Yeah. Maybe it was just a fucking rogue skunk ape. <laughs> just a rogue skunk. All the way to Rock, Ohio. Rocking up to Ohio for a bit. Yeah. Having a good time. Well, that's the grass man. And you know what else is the grass man? What? Hopefully these ads. <laughs> <laughs> ads. Hey, Dice Goblins! What? Where are the goblins? Everywhere. They're listening to us right now. They're in our ears. Don't take my wax. Please. It's so precious to me to have the wax. Okay, wax goblin, dice goblins, whatever you need. You guys can visit thetabletopgameshop.com and use the code TANGENT to get 10% off your purchase for all the tabletop RPG games that you need. Oh, I love dice. Give me some of that. Changing from wax goblin to dice goblin? I, I'm both. I, I, I'm i a, I'm a goblin of many stripes. Okay. Any goblin of many stripes? You can, you can be a cup goblin, get some cool cups on that website. Again, that's code TANGENT, T-A-N-G-E-N-T, to get 10% off your purchase. Well, <laughs> sounds good. And you rock out the show. Wow, you sang that for like 20 minutes. I know, man. That was I know. rough to hear. Yeah, but. Yeah. Anyway. But you get the best of both worlds. We do get the best of both worlds. And in this world, we're going to roll a D6 here to see what of the remaining uh, cryptids we're going to talk about. Hell yeah. God damn it. Well, drop that one. That one's never coming back. <laughs> Don't worry. Luckily, you have a thousand more. I have so many <laughs> dice. <laughs> We will be talking about the Mud Mermaid. This is my favorite one. Okay, I cannot wait. <laughs> so the Mud Mermaids, do you want to take a guess on where they're from? Florida. Indiana. Close enough. <laughs> so, you know, no oceanic coastline. So yep. mermaids aren't usually, you know, mainland. But uh, in 
1894, two Ohio newspapers reported sightings of the creature on the Ohio River near Vevey, Indiana. And these mud mermaids had apparently taken up residence on a sandbar in the river. According to Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati Inquirer, the creature were purported to be about five feet in length with a yellowish color and the extremities resemble hands and are webbed and furnished with sharp claws. So the mermaid was devoid of hair, but had ears that were sharp pointed and stand up like those of a dog. So this thing is fucking adorable. Love that. <laughs> Do you have a picture of it? Yeah, here, let me, yeah. Let me send you one. Because honestly, the moment you said Mud Mermaid in Indiana, I thought it was just two guys fucking crunked on moonshine uh, who just stumbled <laughs> upon, like, a topless woman who was just, like, in a mud, in the mud for a bit. Like, that, that was what good. I assumed it was. That would be good, but no, it's so much better than that, man. This thing is the opposite of that. Oh my god, I love him. <laughs> It's like if a goblin and a mermaid had a baby. Yeah, that fucking rules. <laughs> I want to make him in Dungeons and Dragons and be his best friend. Right. That far. Oh my god. Imagine having it like looks... a miniature one of those as a familiar. Honestly. So here's what I think this is. Okay. What I think they saw was I think they saw a frog hiding <laughs> underneath uh some like moss that's possible <laughs> like yeah. i think they just saw a big fucking toad <laughs> covered in moss uh i love this thing though man it's, it's so good i want it to be real so, so bad me too, me too. <laughs> i want it to be real and i want it to be intelligent so that its life is hell <laughs> <laughs> So I have one of the entries from uh, one of the newspapers, too. Um, so, on the sandbar of the Ohio River, Vey, Indiana, reside two nondescript creatures, horrible in appearance and habit. Which is rude, by the way. I love yeah. this thing so much. That thing is fantastic. Uh, <laughs> they are amphibious in nature and resemble, in appearance, huge lizards with human features. When partly submerged in the yellow waters of the Ohio, they are strangely like human beings. Of what species of animal they are, no one knows, for it is impossible to get near enough for them to judge correctly. The sandbar in question at low tide is covered with huge logs and stumps of trees, known in the river uh, vernacularly as snag. They have been deposited by the government, snag boats engaged in keeping the channel clear. When the water is high enough to cover these snags, the creatures make their home among them. When the water recedes, they disappear into some unknown lair and wait for a rise. From indications, they appear to be carnivorous. Among the snags are to be found wagon loads of mussel shells, fish bones, and other debris of animals. When the river rises down, these shells and other articles disappear only to be succeeded by a fresh lot. This is evidence to those who have watched the coming and going of the strange things that they live upon such food. I love them so much. Man. It's so good, man. I would hug the shit out of that. Yeah, the Mud Mermaid is, like, I think my new favorite cryptid. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Bunyip's pretty good, too, though. Bunyip is good. So, yeah, was that a, is that all we got to know about the Mud Mermaid? Yeah, that's all. There, there isn't a whole lot of sightings on it. Yeah. Alrighty. But I love them so much. Then we will roll a D4 to determine. Surprisingly, Indiana, by the way, lot of, uh, a lot of fucking... Wow. A lot of fucking. Yeah, a lot of fucking. A lot, a lot of fucking of in Indiana. Extremely local cryptids. Yeah? Yeah. Found yeah. that out. Interesting. Alrighty. 
We will be talking. Yes, we will be talking about my one, the Bear Lake Monster. I'm excited for this one. I don't, I've never heard of it. Bear Lake Monster uh, is interesting because it is seen often on the Utah Idaho border. Oh, yeah, which I didn't actually realize there were any. It's fairly Idaho. local. Yeah, it's fairly local. We run around. But yeah, I didn't. Ex- I didn't really think that there were that many cryptids in Idaho or in the Idaho area. I know there's a ton in the Pacific Northwest generally, but mm-hmm. I kind of assume they're all in Oregon and Washington <laughs> more than yeah, because Idaho. Idaho is a lot of like farmland and grassland. We don't yeah. have a, a lot, lot of rolling of... valleys. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, is that it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> Uh, so the Bear Lake Monster is a being appearing in folklore near Bear Lake on the Utah-Idaho border. The myth originally grew from articles written in the 19th century by Joseph C. Rich, a Mormon... Okay. I do want to say that knowing that it's like ba- the Bear Lake Monster and not the Bear Lake Monster, I'm a little disappointed because I was hoping for like a, some sort of amphibious bear. <laughs> Hey, we don't know what it looks like yet, so... <laughs> okay, all right. I hope it's an amphibious bear. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, so Joseph C. Rich, a Mormon colonizer in the area, purporting to report a second-hand accounts of sightings of the creature. However, he later recanted the stories, and in recent years, the monster is considered to be a tourist attraction. Uh, the last reported sighting of the monster was in 2002. So... Not all descriptions of the Bear Lake Monster agree, but one team of folklorists stated that it is reported to resemble a serpent, but with legs about 18 inches long on which it marauds along the shoreline. Basically, it's like a Loch Ness monster. <laughs> but with legs. But right. within the Bear Lake. One article reported that the creature had a large undulating body with about 30 feet of exposed surface. Of a light cream color moving swiftly through the water at a distance of three miles from the point of observation. Others reported seeing the monster-like animal, which went faster than a locomotive, and had a head variously described as being similar to that of a cow, otter, crocodile, uh, or a walrus. Minus the tusks. Um, (laughs) Its size was reported to be at least 50 feet long, and certainly not less than 40 Uh, Some sightings even spoke of a second member of the species and smaller monsters as well. So, like, Bear Lake is just fucking busting at the seams with these fucking things all (laughs) over the place. So not only are these things big, but these things fuck. And often. A lot. Hell yeah. Alrighty. How do you think they fuck? Like, what do you think? Is it, like, 24 hours missionary? Or, like, what's your idea here? Well, they're fish. So I assume <laughs> that they spray into eggs. Gross. Yeah. Imagine if that right. was how humans co- I would co-inhabited. That's, I mean, if, if that's how we did it, like, you know, I would be used to that idea. But, like, if it just suddenly changed and all humans yeah. had to do it like that, I, I don't think I could handle it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be I don't pretty think I rough. could handle that change. Imagine if just jerking off onto some eggs and calling that sex. <laughs> Awful. Yeah. So a uh, 1868 article in the uh, Desert News announced that the Indians have a tradition uh, concerning a strange serpent-like creature inhabiting the waters of Bear Lake. Now it seems that this water devil, as the Indians call it, uh, has again made an appearance. A number of our white settlers declare that they have seen it with their own eyes, this Bear Lake monster, and they now call it. Uh, it's causing a great deal of excitement up here. The author, Joseph C. Rich, 
went on to relate several sightings of the creature in recent times. Uh, the art article created a stir in the Salt Lake City, and within a month, a news staff member quizzed many Bear Lake people uh, and found hardly a person who doubted it. Huh. Did you think that the Mormons were going to get any more entranced in this, Taz? I sure hope so. LDS. They are a cult. Yeah. LDS church leaders uh, uh, took an interest in the monster, and when they visited the area on preaching tours, took the opportunity to speak firsthand with the residents of the region. They stated that they had conversations with Brother Charles C. Rich and other brethren from Bear Lake Valley respecting the monster which have been uh, seen in the lake and found that they declared the testimony that had been given by so many individuals who've seen this creature in so many places and under a variety of circumstances. Which fuck does that sound like a sentence Donald Trump would say? (laughs) 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 That uh, the locals considered the story to be indisputable. Uh, The uh, Deseret News uh, continued to publish articles about the monster, skeptically at times and defensively at others, while other local newspapers turned to attack the stories of a water devil. The Salt Lake Tribune even went as far as to quip that the monster was the twin brother to the devil and cousin to Brigham Young, which is (laughs) very fucking funny. (laughs) So Young wasn't the only... Lake there. <laughs> we got the devil's cousin. <laughs> Young oh, wasn't no. the only person interested in capturing the creature. Uh, one local resident uh, proposed using a large baited hook to attach a 20-foot cable and 300 yards of one-inch rope at the end, of which has to be a large buoy with a flagstaff inserted and uh, to anchor uh, to keep it in a perpendicular position. From the buoy 100 yards away of three-quarter inch rope was to be extended a tree on a shore. When captured, it would hope that the monster could uh, exploit it for its own wondrous proportions in the show business. So basically, they wanted to put it in competition. Basically wanted to make a competition with P.T. Barnum. Oh, my God. Uh, Interest eventually died down in the subject, and the phenomenon faded from public memory. Uh, 26 years following this articles and allegations, Joseph C. Rich finally admitted that it had all been a wonderful first-class lie, which I love oh, a yeah. good grifter. Yeah. <laughs> the problem with oh, alt-right yeah. grifters we have now are, like, they're all, like, trying to start riots and murder, whereas guys mm. like this, they just wanted to make fun of a bunch of people who believed in a big old sea monster. That's pretty the good The devil, yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, so that's a bear like monster. I fell back in love with it, but yeah. I'm still disappointed it's not an amphibious bear. Yeah. Uh, basically, because it was just making fun of Brigham Young, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Taz, uh, we're going to roll a D4. On a roll of a <laughs> 1 to 4, we're going to talk about the bunyip, okay? Alright, cool. It fell off. One second, I have to grab another one. Alright. <laughs> Holy shit, 5. So we're not talking about Bunyip. All right, episode over, episode guys. Episode over, yeah. Fuck the Bunyip. Fuck the Bunyip. Let's talk about right. the Bunyip, just for fun. Yeah, yeah, let's 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 fuck the Bunyip. Let's fuck yep. the Bunyip. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so there are many different descriptions of what the Bunyip looks like. Uh, features that were uh, often reported in newspapers in the early 19th century included dark fur, a face like a dog, sharp teeth and claws, flippers, tusks or horns, and a duck-like bill. One writer, Robert Bro Smith, uh, recorded many different descriptions of the bunyip. Man, how rad would it be to have the middle name Bro? 
I'm bruh. Bruh. <laughs> it might be bruh. It might be bro. I don't know. Um, it could be either, really. Yeah, um, we'll see. But he concluded that most people did not really know much about what it looked like or its behavior. And they were too afraid of the creature to be able to take note of its appearance. Um, so the bunyip is a mythical creature from Australian mythology. It is said to live in swamps, billabongs, creeks, riverbeds, and waterholes. The bunyip is found uh, traditionally in Aboriginal beliefs and stories from many parts of Australia, although it is called by several different names in different language groups. The name bunyip, bunyip comes from the Wimba Wimba language of southeastern Australia, and it is normally translated today as devil or spirit. During the early settlements of Australia by Europeans, the idea that the bunyip was an actual unknown animal that had yet to be discovered was common. A large number of bunyip sightings by settlers were recorded during the 1840s and 1850s, especially in Victoria, New South Wales, and South Australia. Various written stories of bunyips were made by Europeans in the early and mid-19th century. Uh, stories were commonly told to children to make them stay away from dangerous areas of water. And uh, scholars have suggested that the story of the bunyip may have been passed down from a time when megafauna still existed in Australia. Comparisons have been made to extinct marsupials like the Diprotodon or Thylocosilio. Probably wrong on the second one. It's kind of Other interesting. Scholars... Like, I feel like a lot of these could have been sightings of, like, what were meant to be, like, long-dead uh creatures from you know like again like megafauna Mm -hmm. so that's interesting yeah other scholars have suggested that people finding the fossilized remains of such animals would identify them as the bunyip so yeah it's it's a lot of cryptids if any of them are real or likely something that we just believed was extinct yeah wild yeah that's the bunyip good bunyip love that good bunyip who's a good bunyip love a good bunyip (laughs) Oh, yeah. But yeah, man, I liked this episode. Like, I didn't think I was going to be super into it because I'm not a big cryptic guy, but it was, uh, it was a bit of fun. Yeah. I will say you it has made me... said about the Loki episode, too. <laughs> yeah. But, like, uh, I will say this. This episode just makes me want to do a more mythology-based episode. <laughs> That's fair. Because I think it'd be more interesting. Like, what I really wanted to do, because when I heard of a cryptid, I was like, ooh, I want to talk about the Yara Mayahu. Uh, which is a, uh, it's an aboriginal mythical creature, but I was like, yeah. that's not, that's not really a cryptid though. That's just mm-hmm. mythology. So, uh, I reckon we'll do some mythology based episodes here. I love mythology. So I'm fine yeah. with that. We were both Percy Jackson kids from memory. <laughs> yes, we were <laughs> heavily. Yeah. Uh, I think you kind of went into it more cause you started reading other mythological books I yeah, I, I, I read, like, actual mythology after, like... Oh, looking, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I did, too, but, like, you mm-hmm. also continued with, like, novels about mythology. And oh, stuff. yeah, like, I didn't. Y- you kind of finished Percy Jackson, whereas I, went, like, read more of Riordan's other works, like, mm-hmm. Kane Chronicles and the mm-hmm. I tried reading whatever he wrote directly after it, but I wasn't a big fan. Yeah, I think it was Kane Chronicles, probably, it. where it was just, like, Egyptian mythology. It might have been. I don't know. It was a long time ago. But yeah. Hell yeah. A little bit of a shorter episode. Yeah. Not a big deal. Yeah, definitely. Taz, do you know anything about uh, our Twitter? Uh, No. Uh, You did something that logged me out of our Twitter. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I did just I? haven't logged back in. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what you did. <laughs> uh, who knows? Uh, well, anyway, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Tangent Avenue, uh, or you can find myself at One a Toothpick. You can find me at Zafael on most things, but don't. Uh, instead, you can find our show also on Facebook at Asphalt Studios for show about for show. Whoa, for news. For show. <laughs> for show, show you you'll see some news. Show, yo. <laughs> Uh, for show news about Tangent Avenue as well as Tangent Tabletop, which if you haven't checked out yet, why the fuck are you still here? Go fucking do it already. Honestly, Episode. anytime that you're watching Tangent Avenue, ask yourself why you're not watching Tangent Tabletop. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Watching. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, not I listening. I no time for this. Watching. <laughs> I had no time for this. But yeah, episode 10 of Iglos will be coming out. Um, if it's not already out yet, it'll be out soon. And it is going to be a fun time taking some heavy story turns, introducing new characters, introducing new... Lore. I haven't even seen that episode yet. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, check that out. And also, while you're at it, check out our Instagram, which is at Tangent Avenue, um, for show news as well. As also, always. if you oh, no, do on, like guys. Tangent Tabletop, Tweet about that show using the hashtag Tangent Tabletop. Join the Facebook group, um, and you can have a chance to be an NPC in the show. You know, yeah. So do that. As always, we want to thank our amazing artist Julia Mirror Artistry. Uh, you can find her work at Instagram.com/slash Julia Mirror Artistry. Uh, you can also find uh, the guy who made all of our incredible music, um, uh, Homesick Entertainment. You can find their work at YouTube.com/slash C/slash Homesick. Hell yeah. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, leave a five-star review. Recommend it to a friend. You know, the, j- the fucking jig. Yeah. Let's send go us uh, send us Rule 34 art of the uh, Mud Mermaid. Uh, I thought you were going to say nudes for some reason. And no. I was concerned. Mm, no, just Rule 34 art of the Mud Mermaid. and uh, Yeah, send us nudes of the Mud Mermaid. Yeah, yeah send us m- Mud Mermaid coochie, please. And the show on coochie. <laughs> Look at that thrusty. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Connor so much. Uh, Alright, well, that's the end of the episode. Uh, look at that thrusty and send us my mermaid news. Thanks, yeah. everybody. Bye. This was an Asphalt Studios production.